Amen, brother. Amen. I don't know if you guys have seen the video. Uh-oh. Time out. Forgot to stop it. Uh, but anyway, I don't know if you guys have seen the video of him singing that. Uh, he's got something, bourbon, whiskey, or whatever. But is that not a red-blooded American man that you would want to have a drink with? Beer? Hell, you know, go to the gold corral. But that you want to sit down and have a discussion with? So, I'm doing a back-to-back -back podcast um, to try to purge, I guess, no other way to put it. Uh, sorry to any of you ladies um, that are, you know, former eating disorders, you know, for using that word. But um, I probably need to, to get back into this. I probably, I need to purge. Um, you don't have to listen to it. You can turn it off now. Everybody has that right. You know, those idiots on The View, they're, they're just up there proving how stupid they are, how ignorant they are. Let them. You know, my mama used to say, um, rather than showing everybody how stupid you are or ignorant or whatever, keep your mouth shut. Don't prove it. They prove it, all of them, you know. Whoopi got suspended. Um, she's a hack. All of them are hacks. Uh, I do want to address the Springsteen again. Uh, and all of them, the Hollywood types. Uh, they use capitalism because they have talent. They have gifts. Uh, I, I try to, like, lean back in my chair you know, the microphone probably catches me singing, but I can't sing worth the crap. Now, in the shower, I sing like a champion. You know, I sing as good as I play baseball. But I know in real life, when I get up on the karaoke stage and sing, people clap out of respect. But, you know, I usually sing for a good cause, a dedication or something. Um... But these people are talented and they make it to a, a certain level just like a baseball player, a pro baseball player, football, hockey, whatever. Um, they make it to the top and they rake in the money and then they want to bash the country. They want to bash the culture capitalism but what they're bashing gave them the freedom and the opportunity to be where they are those 13 uh servicemen and women that died in afghanistan because of joe biden they died so these creeps can have a microphone or Twitter or whatever to say the things that they say that are harmful to this country or that were vile and rude to Donald Trump. Uh, I started wearing a flag pin 
in the early to mid nineties every day. Uh, because I supported the country. I wanted to be patriotic. I am patri patriotic, but I didn't like Clinton. I thought Clinton was liberal. He, he, Bush had bad policies, and I know probably most of the listeners um, are too young, but the first Bush was uh, a, a Mitch McConnell or an establishment Republican and tried to play middle of the road. I will say, as far as Clinton, he... he governed more to the center in his first term and went more to the right in his second term. But in the last podcast, uh, I'm probably going to publish these two together. But nevertheless, I, I mentioned he couldn't be elected for high office uh, today. He's not liberal enough. He's not left-wing enough. Uh, he gave us I think his first day, don't ask, don't tell in the military. A lot of military folks, listen, if you're gay, I don't care. But he gave us, don't ask, don't tell. And then when Obama's president, that's not good enough. He gave us DOMA, Defense of Marriage Act, during Obama. It wasn't good enough. So we don't, I say we, by default as Republicans, but I'm a Republican by default. I'm conservative. We don't push further to the right because we don't want to be talked about in the media. Um, we don't want to be labeled as racist, homophobes, uh, xenophobes, whatever. So we don't push further to the right. I don't think our people in Washington know that throughout this country, we live our lives on a day-to-day -day basis by conservative values. And, and the polls reflect that. 65, 70%, almost any time they're polled, Americans are polled, maybe for the last 30 years, I think that they've taken that stat since the late 80s, early 90s, they started people, not all the time, three or four times a year. It comes up in a, in a survey, in a poll. Um, but they live their lives conservative. They just don't vote conservative. The election in Virginia was a pushback. Every one of us have to push back in our own way. That's why I started the podcast to push back, to have a voice. Um, I don't want to say I've been selfish. Um, I can't blame it on anything, any one thing, although I'd like to, I just have been selfish. Um, I know 
and I said this in the last podcast that none of this is new. I don't know how to convey it. I'm going to do my best to convey it. Um, I hope that I can. I don't know how many tries it's going to take me. Um, I really don't have the energy nor the time to listen to these before I publish them. I'm going to try not to go long so I don't have to worry about trimming them. Uh, the podcast app, I think, only allows right at an hour. So I'm going to try to stay within that. So I can pretty much just publish when I ramble or whatever. But I'm going to try and speak the message um, to convey, to communicate. Uh, I once tweeted... I, I don't tweet anymore. I need to probably just delete my account. But I once tweeted after the 08 election. Um, I don't know where the term started. Uh, low information voter. May have started with Rush. I know he used it quite a bit. Excuse me. I I don't buy it. Um, I, I never bought it. I think it was an excuse. John McCain was a bad candidate, a horrible candidate. Uh, he started becoming a horrible center, senator sometime in the late 90s during Clinton uh, when he was preparing for his presidential run. He wanted to go more towards the center. Uh, back then, he was even considered a maverick. That was his shtick. He was a maverick. Um, what he did was nothing new. Throughout 220 years, whatever, we've had squish Republicans. Well, I shouldn't say that. Lincoln was the first Republican president. The Republican Party, um, there's debates on which city, but I think Jackson, Michigan is where the Republican Party started uh, because they were opposed to slavery. The Whig Party, which was the predominant party, uh, if you can say conservative. But back then, they all believed in the, the founding principles. Um, but nevertheless, so Lincoln was the first Republican president. I think 56 may have been the first uh, Republican convention uh, in 58. No, uh, uh, was it 60, 1860 when Lincoln ran? Um, it was a brokered convention. He won on the second, maybe, second ballot or the third ballot. Uh, in 76, it was a brokered convention, Reagan and Ford. Ford was the incumbent that he took over for Nixon. And... In 2016, when it when everybody was talking about a brokered convention, I'm like, you know, people, that convention gave us Abraham Lincoln. Uh, in 76, it gave us Ford, or, you know, Ford as the nominee, but Carter won. And then in 1980, Reagan won in a landslide and in 84. Um, Reagan 
was the first conservative president in the last century since Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge is highly underrated. But, you know, we had, I don't know, eight, nine Republican presidents in the last century. And we had two conservative presidents. Uh, Trump wasn't my first choice. Because, frankly, nobody knew what he was going to bring to the table. Nobody knew how he would govern. Ted Cruz and Scott Walker were my two guys in no particular order. Scott Walker, the governor of Wisconsin, backed out pretty quickly. Um, I, I, I don't know his deal, his story. I think he got burnt out. Who knows? Uh, but he was a governor that stood up to the unions. He was recalled two or three times. He overcame it, won. Uh, but he took Wisconsin from a, a union state to a right-to-work state, I think is what they call it, like here in Florida. Uh, but nevertheless, he was a fighter, and he was conservative. Uh, he gave a tremendous speech to put his hat in the ring for president. It's a good speech on uh, YouTube if you care to look it up. But it, it was conservative values, not Republican Middle of the road BS. I uh, try to keep it clean, um, despite the song. But uh, and by the way, on the song, I'm going to play it. You know, maybe one of these days I'll write to Aaron Lewis and ask for permission. But you know, I don't know how many people listen to this song. But the the podcast is called "The Forgotten Conservative." The song is called "Am I the Only One?" So I think it's kind of apropos. The song fits the podcast, uh, so I'll play it until Spotify or whoever tells me I can't play it. Um, whether or not I reach out to Aaron Lewis, you know, who am I? If he even, if I reached out, if he'd even answer. Anyway, so getting back to the 2016 primaries, uh, Cruz is a conservative. Um, right now. I think Cruz needs to wait. I think Trump loves his country. I think he was a tremendous president. But they're still suing him for taxes, for this and that. He's still in legal battles. And not legal battles that he's starting. Legal battles where the Democrats, states' attorneys... Uh, maybe even the U.S. attorney in uh, Southern District in New York, Vance, I think, who, Vance, I think it's Vance, whose father, by the way, was Secretary of State, I believe under Carter. I know at one point he filed a lawsuit, but my point to this is, as great as I know Trump can govern, I, I don't know if this is the right time. Now, if he does, he's got my support. If he runs, I think that no other Republican should run. I just think they should back out. I don't want a bloody battle primary um, because I think it can split us because Republicans, conservatives are finicky, um, 
typically the only way the Democrats win is when we stay home and we don't vote. That's when they win, typically. Not always, and maybe certainly not in a state like California or New York, Chicago, Illinois, whatever. But for a majority of the country, Democrats don't win on a whole unless Republicans, conservatives stay home. They're disinterested. They're, they're frustrated. And I'm one of them. I would never stay home. I would never not vote. But, you know, I, I quit listening to the radio after January 6th. Uh, I got back into it over the summer, the Afghanistan deal, for a couple of months. And then... I don't, I don't know what it was, but something just broke. And I was out of it. I backed out. I, I, because I, I'm, this coronavirus BS is one thing. It may have been that. I don't know what it was. But it, it just overwhelmed me. It, because I'm not getting vaccinated. Um, Unless I flew to see the person that's most important in my life, unless I flew on an airplane to see her, I didn't want to wear a mask. And I knew to see her, if I wanted to fly to Maine to see her, I would have to wear a mask. And I thought, Number one, they're not effective. Frontline or PBS, somebody did a documentary in 2013 or something like that where they were, they were basically apologizing for Obama not doing more for the, I don't know, H1N1 virus or whatever it was in 2009. I think 2009, 2010, that winter. Um, bird flu, whatever it was at the time. And so many people died. It was, you know, uh, but they did little. And so their PBS did a documentary 2013, 2014, somewhere around in there, maybe before the 2012 election. I don't know when it was, but I saw it. And in that documentary, they talked about masks and they said, wearing a mask for an airborne illness is like putting up chicken wire to keep dust out of your house. Now, I don't know if it's true. I, I, I don't believe anything I hear anywhere. For the most part, since like 79 or 80. But I've been sucked in. I've been sucked in more about weather than anything, forecasts, etc. But I do my best to take anything I see or read with a grain of salt until I can research it and prove it. And back in the day, I, I was telling somebody, I forget who it was a couple of months ago, I read a book called State of Fear by Michael Crichton. Tremendous book. In fact, I think I've read it, 
I know I've read it twice, maybe three times. Um, I bought the book for my two oldest sons and had it shipped to them, maybe birthdays or something, Christmas or something. Uh, but there's a lot of footnotes. has to do with uh, global warming. And there's all kind of data in it with footnotes, bibliography, I think it's called, whatever. Uh, but I took that book to the library to look and, you know, see if I could find some of this stuff to verify that these footnotes that the guy put in there are accurate. Back then, didn't have the internet. Well, it was around. I, did, I didn't have it. For, you know, whether I couldn't afford it or whatever, I don't know. It was like 2003 or so. But I went to the library to get books and verify some of the data. And after randomly checking eight or ten stats and it was accurate, then I thought, okay, I'm going to take it for granted that the rest is. Um, I don't know if it was, but at least I made a modicum of an effort to verify those stats. I didn't just take them and believe them. But it is a good novel. Michael Crichton was a tremendous writer. Jurassic Park, um, Andromeda Strain was a good book. I read that, like, I think in the 80s, but nevertheless... Uh, he's he's a tremendous writer. Uh, that particular book addresses climate change and what the environmentalists will do to further their cause. Uh, I don't want to get into climate change right now, but I can assure you it has nothing to do with the climate. It has nothing to do with global warming. There are people, the followers, the drones as Plato put it, or actually it was Socrates, Plato published the book, The Republic, but Socrates called those people in society the drones because they basically just, you know, follow everything, believe everything, and go to work, do the same routine every day, live their life, and just believe everything they hear. Uh, I saw a woman in grocery store October, maybe late September, October. I'm in the grocery store. Uh, I'm in Florida. Super Governor Ron DeSantis. We're free. We're open. We we live free. And the woman's got a mask. She's in front of me. She's giving me the stink eye. And I don't care. I don't I don't want to be confrontational. But why are you giving me the stink eye? Say something. So I asked her, I said, hey, how's, or I didn't, I didn't ask her. I, I was polite, a Southern gentleman, like my mama raised me to be polite. I said, hey, how's it going? She's like, aren't you scared? I said, scared of what? She said, you may not be scared for you, but aren't you scared about spreading this virus, giving this virus to somebody that has... Um, uh, secondary symptoms or whatever she said. I said, no, because the government has told us 
to wear masks. So uh, you have the ability to wear masks. You have the ability to get vaccinated. The government tells y'all that that's all you need. Okay, I've had the virus. I fought it off. You know, it was a little rough first day or two. Joints were sore. Uh, but it affected my youngest brother a little tougher than it did me. And my middle brother, I think he, he said he was in bed for two or three days or something. Uh, but nevertheless, I fought it off. So I know basic human nature, you know, for the most part, if you got it, you got the antibodies built up. So if you get it again, quote unquote, you don't really have it because your antibodies, the T cells, all the, you know, the Marines and forgive me to my Navy buddies that take them all on the boats to where the Marines want to go. Um, just kidding. But when those things in your body get going, you're good. You're good. Now, if you have some other debilitating uh, precondition going on, you may be hit a little harder. But, you know, I grew up in Ocean Way, Jacksonville, Florida. We drank out of the water hose. Uh, we threw cow turds at one another. Uh, we lived. We were kids. We were basically allowed to leave the house at whatever time, 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning during the summer, come home for lunch whenever you got hungry, no set time, eat some lunch, maybe watch Smokey and the Bandit once we got cable and thank God a remote control so little Danny, me, was no longer the, mo the remote control. Watch some Smokey and the Bandit and then go back out and play and come in before dark. And, you know, but we lived our lives. We got dirty, filthy. I had a brother that didn't want to take a bath, didn't want to brush his teeth. Mama would fix biscuits. We'd just scrape the butter off his teeth. But, you know, we lived. So I never downplayed the coronavirus, but I'm not going to let it determine me. Could it have been a bad decision? Very well could have, but I'm saved. I know Jesus Christ. So I know that if it does, if the worst happens, then I'm still going to live forever. I don't have any doubt. I'm not going to preach to you, but I'll say this. I treated the coronavirus no differently that, than one of these times I'm flying to Maine to see my precious sweetheart and that plane goes down, you know, 
I might as well ask the waitress for a, a shot of Jim Bean because I'm saved. I'm going to live my life. So this chick, uh, I would say early 30s, got the mask on, um, bag of wipes or whatever in her buggy. And she says, but you don't know if you're going to give it to somebody else. And I said, ma'am, we, we live in a free country. You have the choice. You have a choice. You're wearing a mask. So you believe you're not going to get it because you're masked up. I don't buy that because of the mask you're wearing. But you feel safe and secure. I'm not going to get close enough to you to spread the virus. But it's no different than if you go outside you go to leave and you run a stop sign or you run a red light and you get T-boned and end up in the hospital. You made the choice to not obey a traffic device. This is no different. We make a thousand decisions a day. Truck drivers, I, they told me at one point that when you're driving, oh shit, it was like, I don't know, ridiculous amount, 30,000 decisions in six hours or something. I don't know, but it's a tremendous amount of, of decisions uh, where they get the information from. I don't know, but the bottom line is when I used to coach Lily and I used to talk about bad decisions, primarily because I always make bad decisions. I have it in the past. I'm working on it. I'm trying to make better decisions. But some of us, it just takes us longer to learn. Um, but I wanted to teach that when something tragic happens, when you get pissed off about being late for work, for instance, well, probably you're late for work because of your bad decisions. You hung out at the bar too late the night before. Um, if you're a dude, you were probably motivated by a female or, or something. You had some other nefarious motivation. Uh, you stayed up too late. You were watching uh, reruns of Johnny Carson because nobody at night are worth watching. Johnny Carson was worth watching. Uh, but nevertheless, if you get late to work, you means you probably left the house late. You got in stuck in traffic. If you got stuck in traffic, then you made a bad decision. You left the house too late because you should give yourself enough time. So what I treat, tried to teach the kids was making good decisions. And that's what I told the lady. I didn't go into it that far in depth, obviously. I just said, hey, you've made a decision to wear a mask, she was vaccinated. And I said, you've done everything you can do according to Uncle Sam. So what I'm doing should not be your concern. Now, if I was an asshole, if I was raised up North, 
that I'd probably say, uh, it's none of your fucking business. But I'm not going to say that to a lady, period. Certainly not somebody randomly in the grocery store. But I can tell you that's how I felt. That was on my mind. But I cleaned it up and said, that should not be your concern. How I live my life should not be anybody's concern unless it affects their life. So something like that, this virus, they created the situation to bring the public against one another. It's been going on for thousands of years. I probably mentioned it on a, a, a past com, a podcast, Aesop's Fables, uh, Chicken Little. Uh, what was the other one? The Buffaloes. United we stand, divided we fall. Those fables that have the moral of the story, the Bible, those stories, they talk about racism being bad. Read the friggin' Bible. Just read it as a book. Not to understand, not to interpret it. Let it read it and let the Bible talk to you. But it's it's been there throughout. It's human nature. One race thinking the other one is this or that. America, we threw all that out the door with this beautiful declaration of independence that I'm looking at. We said we're different. We're going to start an experiment where we don't have a king or a queen or rich people, uh, uh, aristocracy, you know, theocracy, religion, tyranny. We're not going to have that. We're going to have a government ran by the people, the consent of the governed. This COVID crap, they it's a way for them to take away a portion of our consent. The military, the religious uh, objections, or what have you. I mean, the Constitution doesn't say unless in national emergency or disease or, or whatever. That's not there. It's a way for them to gain power, to gain control. I said this from the beginning, especially with the kids, when they started with the kids, because it's a training mechanism for when them kids get older and they can say, hey, well, remember back in 2020 to 2022, they said it's better to wear masks. And, and then we had to wear masks to school. And it's a way for them to hearken back later in life to fall in line. Most people, especially my generation, 
50s and up, uh, even some in the 40s. My brothers, uh, which my middle brother's like 50 or 51, but, uh, and, you know, I'm not discounting the young bucks. I'm not discounting that, but this government has become more and more overreaching. I think seven of the richest counties in the nation are in the Washington, D.C. area. May, may, may all be in Virginia, but maybe some in Baltimore. I don't know. But I know the seven of, of the top 10 richest counties are in Washington. You've got a small elite group of people that, that go to these Ivy League schools and think that they can tell us how to live. And most of them, not because they, they, it's evil. Most of them, it's not evil. Most of them, it's honest. They think they know better. They think socialism, if it's done right, uh, is going to help everybody. It, it don't. It, it can't. It's failed everywhere it's been tried. Uh, I told somebody a couple weeks ago, maybe my brother, that think about the technological advances in the last 200 years. Now, you had people like uh, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Aristotle was the first philosopher that basically tried to learn or explain everything during his time. It was a lot easier job, but he had a good teacher. He had Plato. Plato had a good teacher. He had Socrates. Uh, I want to get into some of that a little later. Hopefully I can get it in this podcast, if not the next one. But nevertheless, Aristotle tried to, to take on everything. The heavens, universe, you know, everything he could. And he done a damn good job. Uh, his book, Nicomachean, or however it's pronounced, Ethics, uh, is one of the best self-help books I've ever read. Uh, Plato would tell you the answers. Let me take that back. Plato would give you the situation, the dialogue, and it's up to you to, to learn, to take the information and learn. Aristotle gave you the answers. He just didn't tell you how he got there. That's the, the difference in those two as far as politics and the way for man to live. Um, but, you, you know, we go through the time of Jesus and the Dark Ages. We had the Renaissance. Uh, we had some great writers, great philosophers. Uh, there were things, I mean, the Romans gave us basically modern-day plumbing. They have, they've got tremendous buildings. The Jews, they had, I think, two great temples that were destroyed. Uh, but think about technology. 
yes, you have the Industrial Revolution, I guess, off the top of my head. I'm going to say maybe early to mid-1800s. I know, I forget who it was that come up with thermodynamics, uh, Newton, the first book of physics. Uh, you had uh, the Renaissance artist, uh, Da Vinci with his inventions. Uh, you know, he had a, a drawing for a helicopter. I mean, tremendous thinker. Okay, but those people... The guy that come up with the, the law of second law of thermodynamics. Okay, he's talking about heat, steam engines. He's using heat, steam to power, like electricity or an engine for a locomotive. The second law of thermodynamics. What he didn't know, the second law of thermodynamics is why it's impossible to time travel, to go back in time. Time, they consider the arrow of time. It only goes one way. It, it only goes forward. But the second law of thermodynamics tells us why you can't go back into time. As much as I love, uh, what was that movie in the 80s, Michael J. Fox, uh, I don't, Back to the Future. I love it. I love the first and the second one. The first one the most. Uh, I'd watch it anytime it's on TV. But you can't go back into time. The paradoxes should be obvious. And I say paradox like if you go back into time and meet your grandfather the day he was going to meet your grandmother and you talk him into uh, going fishing instead of doing the event to meet your grandmother, Okay, well, you would all of a sudden disappear because you'd have never been born. Just that one little bitty thing. So, but that's not what the law of second, the second law of thermodynamics tells us. It tells us that everything goes from order to chaos. Um, that's not, I'm paraphrasing. Don't quote me. I'm a, I work a normal job, so I'm, going from memory here. But it's basically, the term is called entropy. That if you're at the beach and you make a sandcastle, like with just a regular old bucket, and you take the bucket off, well, from the minute you take the bucket off, sand is going to start blowing. Now, you can put more sand in the bucket, but you can never make it the same. Because it goes from order to chaos. If you drop a plate or a glass on the floor and it breaks, you can't, you can glue the pieces all back together, but you can never make it whole because it went from order to chaos, entropy. So these people that try to rule our lives, they know that we go from order to chaos. That the average person does not go back into time. The average person does not go back into history.
But if you do go back and you look at the technology, it pretty much ramped up, really got going about the mid-1800s. Guess what happened in the 1860s, the Civil War? We lost about 600,000 souls. And you could say that every one of them fought for this country. I'm not going to uh, cast an opinion. Uh, I will say that, I will say this. I don't think slavery is or was good. Um, I wasn't around then, so I can't say what I would do. But I feel on a moral level that slavery is wrong because that's what the government's trying to do to us now. And I hope to get to it, but that's what they're doing to us. It's just a different form. They don't have whips, chains, um, you know, horrible conditions, but it's a form of slavery. And that's why I say it's human history. But um, when the North won the Civil War and Lincoln freed all of the slaves, technology, I mean, I say technology, advances, escalated because of freedom. Because for one, the white slave owners couldn't depend on having slaves do their labor. The cotton gin was invented a little bit before the, the slaves were free. Um, I don't know precisely when, but I know it was before the end of the Civil War. Um, what was the guy's name? Eli Whitney, maybe? Don't quote me, but I hadn't thought about that till, you know since like eighth or ninth grade. But nevertheless, the cotton gin, um, king cotton, which was an invention to grow cotton in different areas. But the slave owners, instead of having free labor, all of a sudden now, the, and it wasn't just the cotton picking cotton. There were slaves that did other kind of tasks. They had other responsibilities. Uh, Edison said the mother, no, how do you put it? Uh, the mother of invention is necessity. When you freed the entire population of the United States, things started happening. There was a black guy. I think he was born overseas. I don't I don't know Scotland or some some crap overseas. Um, let me rephrase that. His parents immigrated. Uh, he was born either in America or Canada, but had a pretty good head on his shoulders, had a good worth ethic. His parents were freed slaves and uh, he went somewhere to a university and got an education. Uh, how he got there, I don't know, but he got an education, maybe because uh, of his brain, academics. 
he worked on the railroad up north. He devised a way for trains to oil in motion, a gravity-fed contraption before to lubricate the trains he would they would have to stop the trains he would get out and have to take animal lard to lubricate the trains every so often so it halted production he came up with the device to lubricate in motion he put in for the patent because it was so effective, it was such an ingenious idea. People started making them in their garages, backyards, whatever. But the only one that would work was that guy's uh, lubricating machine. The rest of them would eventually fail. And then you had the grease man, which is what they called him. The grease man, not the DJ, but the actual grease man on the trains get out, get up under the train, in some cases, in the heat, in the cold, the snow, whatever, to grease the parts to continue on. This man's done it in motion. So it saved the labor, the wear and tear on the man, and it saved the railroad, the time, the effort, the lack of production from stopping. When they spoke about this device, they knew that the fakes were not good enough. They didn't want the fakes. Guess what they wanted? The real McCoy. That's what the dude's name was, McCoy. His device was the only one that worked without fail. So that phrase, the real McCoy, which we've all used, that's where it comes from. And he was a product of freed slaves. So... These people that want to trash this country, we are the first country in history to say everybody is free. That everybody has a responsibility to run the government, to elect the people that quote unquote govern you. What's been happening in the last couple of years? We've been ruled. We've been subjugated just as if we were still under the British Empire. You know, who was had a far worse uh, history of slaves than America did. Because we tried to free them, and, you know, I spoke briefly about it in the last podcast. But nevertheless, they told us no, because we had to pay taxes. But make no mistake, this was an opportunity for control, especially over the kids. Um, it's probably another rambling. I'm getting short on time. I don't know if all of this is making sense, but this is why I haven't recorded because I just have so much and I, I can't I've tried to take notes I did take notes on a lot of these podcasts when I had statistics and uh, specific quotes and so forth uh, 
But in my off time, I've done some heavy reading. Uh, you know, I listened to the Lincoln-Douglas debates, which I mentioned in the last podcast. Uh, trying to make sense of it. Because I don't need to know what's going on day to day with our uh, society, culture, economy. Uh, because I know that the more I look back into history, the more I see what period of time it happened before. And it may not be America. It may be a different country because we are such a young country. And think about this, speaking of that, we have a birthday, July 4th. How many countries have a birthday? Even the countries in the Bible. How many countries have a birthday? We have a birthday. That birthday celebrates the Declaration of Independence. That birthday signifies the day that we said we would be free. We would be individual, sovereign citizens. And the citizens will put you in office. And if you don't do right, we will take you out of office. And the, the Declaration of Independence is our founding document, our founding principles. All men are created equal, consent of the governed. And then we have our Constitution from 10 or 11 years later that tells us what the government cannot do that says, no matter what happens in life, these are the rights of the individual, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, the right to bear arms. And speaking of the right to bear arms, let me tell you this. This is the only thing I, I have to say about current events. What Russia is doing to Ukraine Make no mistake, the Democrats, the leftists, the liberals, whether it be through a national tragedy such as COVID, climate change, they want to take your means of defending yourself. It may not be guns. It may be your speech. It may be your ideas. It may be your thoughts, your, your intellect your invention. James Madison wrote about thinking and reasoning being your property. Anyway, I'm out of time. I may do one more. I don't know, but hopefully some of that makes sense. You can put the puzzle pieces together and we'll go from there. Thank you. Have a good night. Corey, be careful when you leave us. It was good to see you tonight.